style. Anything in the 50s vintage. I mean, come on. And that radio, like, look, look how pretty the radio is from the front. It's like the sexiest of all airplanes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? So rad. Like, this is, I know, like, in the mornings, and when they fire up, and they're because all nine cylinders have to fire, so it's like pop, 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 pop. It is so awesome. That's Carlisle Doria, or Lyle for short. Lyle is one of three Beaver pilots at the U.S. Forest Service seaplane base in Ely, Minnesota. She joined the team in June, and when I asked her why she took the job, she said, Every float pilot, that is probably the crux of where they want to be, is in a beaver on floats. So the de Havilland Beaver is an absolute joy to fly. I could be in a de Havilland Beaver on floats in Alaska in a heartbeat, but it would be showing people a scenic tour or dropping them off to go hunting or fishing maybe. But here, to fly a beaver and be search and rescue medevac, fire, firefighter transport, external loads, um, the wolf telemetry flights we do, we get to fly around and go check them out. And so that part of things is awesome. We were over in Grand Marais not too long ago stalking the lakes with fish, which is an absolute riot because one of the pilots flies and the other pilots in the back dropping the fish aerially. So we have to open gates and let the fish drop. And it is just so much fun because the fish are all frisky and they're jumping into your lap and you're throwing them back in the tank. And it was just so much fun. And you kind of dive down into the lake and then open the gates and the fish drop into the water. Lyle spent her childhood in rural Vermont. The town she's from is small, with a population of just a few hundred. She grew up chasing her three older siblings around their mountaintop homestead and playing pickup hockey on the pond out back. We grew up in a really amazing piece of property, played a ton of hockey. I was an ice hockey player from like the age of five. So that was pretty much hockey and hunting were... Like, that's all we did as a family. And the youngest of four, I was, like, had two older brothers and an older sister that I adored. So I was always just hanging out with them. We lived about 20 minutes from where we went to school. And so we'd drive up the mountain and, like, I felt like, yeah, we kind of had our own little scene. After high school, Lyle went to the University of Vermont to study forestry. I was working for my dad's good friend, Charlie Lee, at the time, logging. I wanted to be a horse logger. That was, like... My what I was I was working with horses too, and I thought being a horse logger would be awesome. I thought, well, if I went to school for forestry, then maybe I could take over his company and like understand more of the business side of forestry. I could own my own logging company. But after graduating, Lyle got a call from her best friend Carter, who had been working as a fishing guide up in Katmai, Alaska. And that call changed the entire trajectory of her life. And he's like, you've gotta come up here and I'm like well what is it like because he was from Vermont too and he's like it's like I'll never forget this he goes it's the closest thing to paradise I've ever found (laughs) so I said okay that sounds cool so I sold my pickup and flew to Alaska and that was like my my whole route changed before she moved to Alaska Lyle says she hadn't really considered becoming a pilot she didn't grow up in an aviation family and had never even been in a small plane But that all changed when she started guiding fishing trips in Alaska's remote wilderness. Suddenly, she was in and out of planes as a passenger on a regular basis. And it piqued her curiosity. When Lyle went home to visit her family in Vermont, she remembered that a friend of her dad's had a small plane. 
I got back to Vermont after a year of guiding fishing, and I said, does does Ian really still have his have an airplane? And he said, yeah, I think so. You should call. So I call Ian, and he said, yeah, I have it. I still have my little champ. It was a little two seater. You sit behind each other, tandem, and it's this tiny little sixty five horsepower little fabric tube and fabric airplane and. I went and flew with him, and we went up into the Adirondack Mountains outside of New York. Um, we just flew across the lake, and we caught a bunch of thermals, and we were flying around with the hawks and the raptors, because I guess that's part of their migration, too, is in the fall. And so he's catching thermals like a glider, and we're zooming. I mean, it was like, how are we up here? So it was like, done deal. My next step was I need to figure out how to do this by myself. It wasn't like, I'm going to be a pilot. It was like, I just want a solo. I want to see how it feels to be alone up here. Maybe I don't like it at all. And um, once I hit that solo mark where you take off and you're by yourself up there, it's like, it will remain probably one of the coolest things I'll ever do in my life. Is going, like, you put the throttle to something and you're airborne and you're looking down at cars. And I flew over my parents' house and my mom's out on the deck waving, you know, and you're like, eh. <laughs> like, I'm up here. So that, yeah, that's pretty remarkable stuff that we're able to do that. It's unbelievable. From that moment on, she was hooked. I got my license at 22, 23, but I didn't have like everything to look attractive to an employer for 10 years. I had to keep pounding nails or driving boats or whatever to make money to get my next rating. And then um, I ended up buying an old airplane and rebuilding it to build time. So that was like, yeah, any pilot will tell you it's, or any airplane owner, you're kind of, if you look at financials, you can't because there's nothing logistically right about aviation. You just do it because you love it and you start, it's like owning horses or something. You're just sinking money into it, but it's for the love. And that's how most flying is. Just crippling credit card debt, but you're pursuing this thing that's you're kind of obsessed with. Lyle's persistence paid off. Not only was she flying, she was also teaching others how to fly as a certified flight instructor in Talkeetna, Alaska. So how exactly did she end up in Minnesota working for the Forest Service? So I am in Alaska. I'm fabricing a wing. So I'm, I'm building a tube and fabric uh, airplane for a guy that I'm working for. And this fellow comes in. He's a mechanic, and he just sat parked down next to me, and I couldn't go anywhere because I'm fabricating. So he just sat, and he talked and talked and talked and talked. And he said, I'm from Minnesota, and da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, great. And um, he goes, have you ever thought of working for the federal government? And I said, well, the airplanes would be beautiful, I'm sure, immaculate, awesome maintenance. But I don't know if it's for me. If it had something to do with wildlife, like wildlife survey, I would love to, like, have a biologist next to me or be the biologist myself and find wolves and do things like that. I think that'd be awesome. So that's ultimately what I, you know, told this guy. And he goes, well, there's a job in Ely, Minnesota that they fly beavers and they do all that stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I have no interest in being in Ely, Minnesota. I don't have a clue where that place even is. And I Googled it. I'm like, Ely, Minnesota. And it's like the only U.S. forest seaweed plane base in the nation. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And then I saw the airplanes. It's like, oh, my God, those are gorgeous airplanes. Um, and then the fact that they help with fire. They're hauling canoes, external loads, and people, and gear. And they've got the, scoop, the scooping capability to drop water. And 
like, man, this job is amazing. And then I saw that they help with all the telemetry stuff, especially in the winter on skis. I'm like, okay, like I am going to apply to this job. That is too cool. Like I love Alaska, but this job is worth moving for. And move she did. Lyle started her job in June, which ended up being a pretty busy time to dive in. The summer was hot and dry. The wilderness was like a tinderbox. For the first time since the 70s, the Superior National Forest closed the boundary waters in its entirety, and at the height of the busy season, too, due to fire danger. The training this summer was all on the job. So like my first, you know, search and rescue or medevac, I was going to actually get somebody that's injured. Or the first fire that I'm learning how to drop water on, it's like, well, that's in, like, it's not a simulated fire. Like that is an actual lightning strike that were reported and did a size up on and we're putting water on it. So that was really neat. Despite the fast pace, her transition to the new job was smooth. Socially, however, things have been a little more rocky. I found pretty quickly that I didn't introduce myself. When people asked me why I moved here, I didn't say that I was flying for the Forest Service. It took me about a month or two to realize. It probably took me a month to realize that because there was such an abrasiveness there. Somebody's waving to you and then somebody else is flipping you off in the air. You know, you're flying, and you look down, and it's like, oh, there's a person waving. And then it's like you go over another boat or somewhere else, and it's like, there's somebody flipping me off. <laughs> like, you don't... I could tell that they there's a huge rift here. Breaking into a new community can be tough, and especially a place with a complicated history where there are clearly still some hard feelings about the rules and restrictions related to the wilderness. The Forest Service seaplane base itself has a long history, Its roots go all the way back to 1929, when the Forest Service began working with local pilots to help with wildfire management. The program as it exists today, with dedicated Forest Service pilots, started in 1938. In the 80-plus years since, Lyle is the first woman they've hired as a pilot. I asked her if she was aware of that and what she thought about it. She said she finds it pretty hard to believe, especially coming from Alaska, where she says there are so many women who fly. Gender, I don't, I, that's a tough one for me because I don't, I've never like pinned myself in any, I don't like put myself, I guess, in any box. That sounds like I'm this like enlightened human, but like I don't, I want to like be not, like gender doesn't even, like I could care less, like who you are, what you are, what you want to do. If you're good at it, if you like it, do it. Lyle shared a story with me that was a good reminder of how you can't always judge a book by its cover. She was on a canoe trip in remote Alaska when she happened to float by an elderly woman's homestead. The woman's name was Rose, and she invited Lyle in for dinner. While they were eating, Rose mentioned that she needed to get her husband, Carl, in for a doctor's appointment. And I said, well, how are you getting Carl to his doctor's appointment? And she goes, oh, we have an airstrip behind the house. I'm like, oh, cool. So I walk out there, and they've got a 185, like this beautiful, high-powered, incredible machine sitting there. And I'm like, you fly him into town? And she goes, yeah, i got to bring him into Anchorage. I mean, it's like, who's this lady, like living in the middle of nowhere? With her 185 flying her 80-some-odd-year-old husband to his doctor's appointment. Like, and just goes grocery shopping. Like, totally awesome. 
And I mean, nobody knows that lady. I bet I'm the only person that knows that lady. <laughs> so that keeps you humble. Like, should keep everybody humble when there's people, like, out there like that. Like, females out there like that. That's where it's... I'm the only female pilot here for the foresters is strange. The Forest Service seaplane base on Shagwell Lake is incredibly unique, both because it's the only Forest Service seaplane base in the nation, and further because these are the only three pilots in all of Region 9, which stretches from Minnesota all the way to the East Coast. You're probably wondering why. I know I was. There's no other place in the nation that would need this kind of asset. The Boundary Waters, you have so much water everything is really spaced out with no roads and then you guys light on fire in the summers so it's like that dynamic is really strange I don't think it's anywhere else in the country after spending the day with Lyle at the seaplane base it's clear that she loves what she does and that she loves these planes the de Havilland beaver in particular has special significance to her I've been in and out of these planes once I moved to Alaska. It was, this was the first small airplane I ever flew in, was a to have one beaver going in to guide a fishing trip. I'd never been in a float plane before. I'd never been in a small plane before. And I was like, couldn't believe it. I probably like wrote, I journaled probably about it. Like, it was amazing. We took off out of water. And now I'm like in it. It's crazy. In a way, you could say Lyle's come full circle in her flying journey. Reporting from the Forest Service Seaplane Base on Shagwa Lake in Ely, Minnesota, I'm Barbara Jean Myers.